We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Friday. We're going to kick off the weekend with a little NBA basketball. We're talk about some news, some rumors going on around the NBA about some potential moves and things of that nature. Maybe a certain player that Keith really likes returning to action. We'll talk about that too. But first, let's talk a little bit about the games that we saw last night. And I guess we need to start with the Memphis Grizzlies. What a ridiculous comeback against the Minnesota Timberwolves right when the Wolves were feeling strong. Nope, here come the Grizzlies roaring back. Keith, the, the Grizzlies are now up 2-1, to one, and for most of that game, at least the first half of that game, it looked like the Wolves were the better team, and then suddenly the Grizzlies kept chipping away, and what an epic fourth quarter collapse by the Wolves. Trevor, I tweeted, Wolves, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, it felt like a half hour later, I was like, or not. Um, 37-12 yeah. uh, was the fourth quarter score, by the way. 37-12. to 12. Good Lord. Yeah. I want to say there was like a 48 to 13, like at some point run uh, by Memphis. Yeah, I was, uh, I had turned my focus to the Dallas game mm-hmm. um, for the most part. And I still had that one on just because you never know. And, but man, it, the, the that's bad for the Wolves. Um, and now you got to be, because you got drilled in game two and then this happens your confidence is probably pretty shaken. So I'm nervous for them. We'll see what happens here in game four. Clearly, if they don't get game four, this thing's over in five. Uh, Memphis is not going to, if they go home up 3-1, they're not going back to Minnesota. I I, I would be shocked. So, yeah, I I really, it's stunning. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. It was just, it wasn't even like one of these things where one guy got hot and threw in a million three pointers or it was just, we're just going to run it down your throat play after play after play And Minnesota was kind of like, I, we can't stop this and we don't know what to do. And, and it was, it was just bad. I mean, if you're, if you're Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies today, you're way, you probably woke up feeling really good about yourselves. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that kind of a comeback win. I mean, look, Minnesota put up 12 points in the fourth quarter, but they also only put up 12 points in the second quarter as yeah. well. So they went through these, these scoring struggles, Carl Anthony Towns. Well, yeah, they had a points. 
Yeah, they had a big lead early, mm-hmm. and then they let the Grizzlies back in, and then it looked like it was one of those, all right, Memphis isn't going to have enough to finish this off yep. because Minnesota pushed the lead all the way back. Up. I want to say it was like 26 or something. And then, yeah, and then this this massive comeback. So, yeah, it's yeah, and you're right with Towns. And then after the game, Towns was, you know, like I, I, I'm working. I don't know how to get, you know, open. And he didn't say I don't know how to get open. But it was like I can't get good looks. They're definitely like, – you got to figure this out. And if not you, then the coaching staff, you got to figure out a way to get, you know, get your guy touches. And I, and I'm not picking on you here cause he was super close for me, but you picked him for all NBA and there's a good chance he makes all NBA. He didn't You're an all like NBA it. center. No, figure it out, man. Like f- figure it out. This, you cannot be uh, going through games, you know, with half the game, you're only noticing that you're out there cause of dumb fouls or bad defense. Like that can't be. And then you saw John Morant took to Twitter to retweet the the um, the video clip Minnesota. <laughs> of Carl Anthony Towns saying we're in Minnesota now or whatever, and uh, John put that out there. It said something to the effect of "Yeah, we are in Minnesota now," and they they came I, out there and got the win. Uh, by the way, I thought I thought I didn't see anything. Sorry, there. Uh, John Morant and Carl Anthony Towns' dads have been going back and yep. forth in the arenas throughout the series, and they apparently sat together. Yeah, they did. I did not see anything, but I can only imagine uh, uh, Mr. Towns must have been really hammering on Mr. Morant uh, for a while there, and then that that's one of those ones where it's uh, you know, you're, you're like trying to find a place to hide by the end. You know, John Morant, let's talk about this real quick. John Morant, triple-double, 16 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. I didn't think he was actually all that good in this in this game. Efficiency no. five for eighteen shooting, one of six mm-hmm. from three. Um, I'm sorry, one of three from three. But then seven turnovers as well for Ja. Uh, it was a team high plus twenty. But I thought that there was a fairly sloppy performance for Ja Morant, yeah. and yet the Grizzlies were able to come back and win anyway. Like that to me, that stood out. Like this team didn't yeah. need Ja Morant to be at his best, and they still pulled off this kind of epic comeback that's that makes it that much more impressive i always say about a big comeback things don't go you don't have big comebacks if things haven't gone sideways at some point earlier in the game right you had to be pretty bad for another team to build a lead that big it's it's it is exceedingly rare for it to be one of those games where the team comes out and they hit you know 15 three-pointers and that's why they're up by 25 it's usually you did something pretty pretty poor uh to put yourself in that kind of hole and the grizzlies were bad and morant was bad for most of the game i have no problem saying that they, they were awful but you know what it didn't matter because they were great in the fourth quarter when it did matter and that's you know and that, that that's it uh jumping over to the mavs like you mentioned you turned your attention to this game as did i the mavs and the jazz the, the mavs get a win again now they're up two to one without luca and he should be back next game. So one twenty six to one eighteen. Well, we just got news on that. Sorry oh, to interrupt. Okay. What do we get? Um, his status remains unofficially unchanged. Okay, which is <laughs> what that means. <laughs> um, but uh, Jason Kidd says he is a game time decision. So okay. I mean, but that's... if he's here's the, just peeling it back here. If he's one hundred percent, he's bouncing around and saying, "I'm good to go." If I'm oh, the yeah. Mavs, I'm saying he's a game time decision. And it sounded like they were, uh, they had to hold him out of game three by all accounts. It sounds like he was ready to go. But, but yeah, I mean, they, yeah, I said it. Utah needed to get both of those games yep. without them. And they really needed this one. They, they're done. It, it's that, 
it's done. It's weird. To, I don't even care to say that for a two-one series, but that is yeah. how it feels. Yep, in two-one series where they're still at home, right? But it's they 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 now gave home court back to Dallas. I you know shout out to the Jazz fans because they were really good mm-hmm. early until the team completely took the life out of them. I don't I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is just done with these guys, uh, done with this particular iteration of this team. He has been awful in this series. Yeah. And don't throw at me that he scored 30, a whole bunch 32 of points. points six assists. You know, the stat line doesn't look terrible. One of on, eight from what three, did he though. shoot, though, last night? He was night. 10 for 21 shooting, but yeah. one of eight from three, mm-hmm. six assists, 32 points. I mean, the stat line is not bad, right? But watching the game yeah, and the but stat that's line the best is, something, he shot. is something different. And now look at his defense. Flip over to that. If we, you know there was a way to easily look at you know bad defensive stats because he'd be leading the series in all of them. He's been awful. I mean, it's just it's Matador defense after Matador defense uh, from him. And I'm not going to put it all on him because Mike Conley hasn't been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royce O'Neal looks like he's in over his head. Is there you know asking him to guard Brunson and Dinwiddie and a bunch of guys? And then Rudy Gobert. I, it, it, I realized this game he did kind of get played off yeah, the they floor. They went to that small ball lineup, which kind of worked okay, but it only worked until Dallas figured it out and then even that wasn't working it's just that team yeah i'm gonna repeat it you know until it happens Danny H did not draft sign or trade for the vast majority of these players major changes coming to the jet they, they're just done they I don't you know maybe they extend this to six or seven or whatever in this series mm-hmm. yep i agree i agree uh the golden state warriors are really really good they're now up 3-0 on the denver nuggets steph curry still coming off the bench doesn't matter he still comes out. He comes off the bench and drops 20. I mean, he plays 31 minutes. So, yes, he's coming off the bench. Yeah. But still 27 points, six assists. But Jordan Poole really kind of stole the show. So did Clay Thompson. But Jordan Poole was particularly impressive. Nine for 13 shooting for him. Three boards, three assists, 27 points. Clay Thompson, 26 points. Draymond Green doing Draymond Green things on the defensive end of the floor with five fouls, picks Nikola Jokic to the, the most likely MVP Nikola Jokic. And Draymond Green mm-hmm. picks him to seal the the win. The Warriors yep. are rolling right now. The favorites to win the whole thing. Too. For Draymond, yeah, the Warriors have bumped up uh, to that favorite line. I don't know that I necessarily agree yeah. with that. Uh, I think that's a little bit of an overreaction on the Suns' part. But uh, shout out to to official guy of the NBA front office show, Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's I appreciate right. him coming through because I just had a had a piece post on Spot Track today about Jordan Poole's next contract options. Because it was funny, he has been on Spot Track the most searched player uh, over the last uh, week or so. Uh, I think people who are who are tuning in for the first time are like, "What's the deal with this mm-hmm. guy?" <laughs> you know, trying to figure out you know what his his uh, contract is. I did tweet while. I because I watched the vast majority of the second half of this game this morning. Um, I was just I was really tired after a long day yesterday. But uh, watching it this morning, it just struck me. Imagine just being able to go to your bench and it's Steph Curry is the guy you bring in. Like yeah. that's just insane, right? And what whether that sticks or doesn't stick or whatever. And 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 I I, I get it where people are like, okay, hey, we don't have to name every lineup, but. That green Wiggins, Thompson, Poole, Curry lineup, oh boy, it's, man, that's tough. When Andrew Wiggins is is your clearly your fifth best guy in a lineup, you're probably really good. Like, that's, you know, just the the reality of it. Like, he, you know, and then Otto Porter is playing pretty well. Gary Payton playing terrific. And I, I don't want it to be lost. Denver did not play bad. No. 
in this game. They they were they they were actually pretty good too. They shot fifty percent from the field. They just couldn't couldn't get enough stops in the end on, on the Warriors. Jokic was great. This was this was the MVP kind of performance out of him. Um, they just they they just don't have enough. It's you know this is we said how often do we say it this year? At some point they're really gonna miss Marion Porter. And, and this is they, they we're there. We're at that point now. Yeah, I mean, Denver did I guess that's that's why people are now making the Warriors the favorite, because Denver didn't play poorly. You got an MVP performance out of Jokic and it still wasn't enough. Yep. That's and that's what people are, are looking at with this Golden State team. I agree though. I'm not I'm not yeah. counting out the Phoenix Suns. I'm certainly not counting out no, your Celtics, yeah. any of these other teams. Um, but the Warriors right now are the betting favorite. Uh Jordan Poole. Team option next year, three point nine million. No, I already picked. Up. Already picked up. Yeah, yeah. So remember that's the fourth so that's year. good. But uh, but so that's and then after that, I mean, we'll see what next year looks like. But Jalen Brunson has made himself a lot of money in this year's playoffs. Jordan Poole is trending in that direction as well. Now again, he's yep. got another year under contract, but yeah, this is a he's extension eligible though, coming off the rookie scale, so he's within there with like Tyler Hero and all those other guys. Um, with that one. So yeah, that's, uh, yo, yeah. 22 years that's... old and he's making the kind of mm-hmm. plays that he's making right now in the playoffs. I mean, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Yep. Yeah. He's my get, I wrote this today. I won't step all over the piece. Warriors are going to extend him to something mm-hmm. and they'll just deal with whatever the fallout is from that. Maybe it ends up costing him Wiggins when his contract mm-hmm. expires in, in a couple seasons that for the 23, 24 season as pools extension is kicking in. Um, but I mean, you win another title, I don't know. I, I I don't know how far they can go into the luxury tax. It's already pretty far. If so, I don't think you know this. Maybe you've seen it. Do you know how much luxury tax, like tax plus penalties, they're paying this season? Oh, it's it's more than the salary cap for for most for like it's more than most teams pay. <laughs> oh, it's more. It's oh, way yeah. more. It's it's. I want to say it's something like 150 million. It's something crazy. <laughs> You're a little shy. 170. I knew plus. it was. I knew it was up there. Yeah. And so combine that with total salaries, three hundred and forty plus million dollars. Like that's well, a, you'd, you'd better th- be you'd better be a champion third of a if, billion. You're, if you're going to be paying that much money, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, a third of a billion dollars for one season. Yeah, it's crazy. We're we're going to get into reasons why teams may be willing to spend a little bit more in a, in a couple that's minutes coming. here, but yep. but uh but yeah, all right. Let, let's let's keep keep plugging along. All right. Your big news of the day for the Boston Celtics, Robert Williams now may be available for this next game coming up game 3 with the Nets in Brooklyn did travel with the team and now there is some optimism that he might be willing to come back. We saw what yesterday I think it was, maybe day before you would know that he was playing three on three. So that yep. lets you know that, Hey, he's, he's pretty darn close to coming back. Um, what do you think? How do you feel about this? It, you know, you're coming at it from the Celtics perspective. Are you concerned that they're rushing him too quickly? Or do you think this is, this is just fantastic news. And if they're putting him on the floor, you just trust that he's fully ready to go. Yeah, this seems to be, it, you, you know how it goes. A guy gets an injury and then you read a million things about yeah. it and you feel like, I could be a doctor. This isn't that hard, right? <laughs> like, you know, I read some I could articles. play one on TV. Yeah, right? <laughs> it, um, it seems to be an injury where once you're ready, you're ready. There, there's not a huge risk. There's no more injury risk than there always mm-hmm. is, um, especially with the procedure that he had um, where he had the trim. He did not have the uh, full full deal. So so it sounds like this is one where 
as soon as he's ready to go, he's ready to go. And they have been saying since the day after surgery, he's already back in the gym doing two-a-day workouts. Now, two-a-day workouts might mean he stretches for an hour, you know, in those early days. But they've been saying sometimes guys come back early. They always added that almost every single time. And, And we've been doing this long enough to know. Coaches are more likely to be like, nah, I don't think yep. he's going to play. I don't think he's going to play. Than they are to ever even give a hint that somebody may come back early. Um, Brad Stevens did the same thing. And again, yeah, he's a, he's running the, the front office now, but he's a coach, right? He still, it still has a lot of coaching him. And he did the same thing. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe he gets back early. Then when it was, we found out he's playing three on three. Then the next day it was, yeah, he's playing four on four. Mm-hmm. He's taking contact. You, it was like, all right, this is getting close. Then when it flipped over to um, uh, he's traveling with the team. Yeah, Boston to Brooklyn's about as short a trip as you can get in the league. Um, that's an actual trip. That still was, huh, normally you just leave them home and say just keep rehabbing, keep rehabbing. Right. We'll see you in game five, maybe for game five uh, back in Boston. And so I, yeah, I'm a hundred percent there. If, if they, you know, as long as they think he's ready, yeah, get, get him out there. I don't know. That'll be game three, but maybe it is. I, I mean, I don't know. It would be absolutely bonkers if he played before Ben Simmons. Right. I mean, and that could happen now because we know yeah. Simmons isn't until game four. Yeah. He came out and said today. Yeah. I don't think, you know, I'll play in game three. So I, I don't know. I really don't know. This might be one where on both guys, let's see how game three goes. And then maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll make a decision on uh, game four after that. But I mean, at the very least, I would expect at the very least we'll see Robert Williams in game five. You know, assuming that there is one in the series. Yep, does seem like that's the way. Hey, I want to address one quick thing on Celtics Nets. This was a comment on our last video where the guy was like, "I don't think it's making a bad assumption that if Boston goes up three all, that the Nets will lose the series, and then he maybe the Celtics lose a player." Blah blah blah. No one in NBA history has ever come back from from down three yeah. zero in a series. So that, that's I don't, not I a mean, hot take or anything like that. Yeah, like I don't like it wasn't trying to be crazy there or being a homer or anything. Like it's you know anybody yeah. who's a you know I also don't think the Sixers are going to lose now up three zero on the Raptors. I just you know the Warriors aren't either. Like that's not I. It was just a little bit of a weird comment to me. So just wanted to address it here yeah, on the show as well. It's not like that's a that's a crazy. It's not like they're they're down two one and you're saying oh the Celtics yeah. are, are winning this series. Yeah, you know in six or whatever like yeah, you're not if the celtics win game three it's over the series is over maybe not over in four but it's over yeah. yep like, yeah uh all right we did see a coach get let go today maybe a little bit of a surprise uh, this is so it's charlotte hornets james borrego i haven't seen any hornets fans who have been upset about this or surprised but the national response has been largely surprised that, that this took place because i think a lot of people look at what happened with the hornets and they don't say Oh, clearly this is a coaching issue, but mm-hmm. obviously the Hornets feel like they can they can find somebody better suited to take this team to the next level. So James Borrego is uh, is let go by Charlotte. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it was the wrong move by the Hornets to let him go. I just also don't think he's the actual problem right. in in Charlotte. They they've got roster construction problems. I think they've got a lot of things that that are issues. So I I'm not gonna pin it all on James Borrego. I think perhaps you have some experience with this. I think when people don't know what else to point to, they point to the coach things, yep. and that's it. That's the that that's the solve. That's what we need to get everything back on track and get everything where it needs to be. And that's just not. The way it is always, right? It's not, again, or sometimes is that part of it? Sure. Mm -hmm. I completely think that maybe, maybe it was time to make a change, but I don't think someone's coming in there. You know, you could get prime red hour back or Phil Jackson or Pat Riley. And I don't think they're all of a sudden this team is a title contender next year, just because they're on the sidelines. They need roster work. They need a lot of other stuff. So that's part where I'm just like, it wasn't that I said it's a bad idea to fire him. I just don't think he's the problem. I wonder if that's that's just it. They've got somebody in mind that they feel like will be a better fit for the future in terms Could of be. bringing in other players and, and things of that nature. That that's possible. Um, he may not be the entire problem, but do you do you improve by doing this? I think that's ultimately what the what the question is. And maybe the answer is yes. Maybe True. they they find somebody yeah. who works out better for them. But uh, again, I don't think this is it's i mean like you you alluded to frank vogel with the lakers this doesn't suddenly solve everything for the hornets mm -hmm. but maybe it's just, just a step that they felt that they they needed to make i i do think that the coaches yeah. coach getting rid of a coach is usually the easiest move and so that's why you see this yep. happen so much it's also something that most people will look at and will notice right because they'll see wait these five guys are on the floor well i don't like that guy i like that guy Clearly the coach made the wrong decision. So it's something yeah. that's very public facing and very easy to kind of nitpick and, and put on the coach. The coach just tends to get blamed anytime a, a team is not playing well. Yep. Um, that, and that's across a lot of sports, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where the Hornets go from here. It'd be interesting to see who they ultimately target with this, this now open position, but uh, it's another team that's going to be looking for a head coach this summer. Yeah, three now the the Hornets, the the Kings, and some some other team. I don't know who yeah, the other one is. Um, they're 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 looking to. In reality, it, it this should you don't rush into hiring mm -hmm. a coach, but it does put a little bit of pressure because you're going to start hearing the same names on all three places because that's just how the process yep. works. So you really start looking at it of all right, you know we're. We maybe want to get moving a little bit here, you know, and not necessarily wait for the, you know, absolute perfect, you know, pie in the sky candidate to, you know, come available that may maybe, you know, will or won't. Like, even like, right, we heard about Nick Nurse yeah. with the Lakers. Like, and I'm not saying the Lakers are doing this, but I wouldn't pin my hopes on Nick Nurse becoming available and miss out on another, you know, perfectly good option because I was hoping that that may be how that goes. You know, it's just in, in when you're the only job open, sure. And 
I'm not even going to try to be funny and you know jokey about it. Clearly, the Lakers are the best job of these these three that are open, even with you know problems that they may have. It's still the Lakers. It's still LeBron. It's still AD. But you know, you 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 now have competition for guys. You know, with with other places, not you you didn't have that prior. Yep. So that's something to to factor in for all three of these teams for the the Hornets, the Kings. And the Lakers, in addition to anybody else, I mean, who knows if any of these other jobs may come open. I don't foresee any on the on the horizon here, but it's certainly possible as we get closer. Oh, I foresee one. <laughs> I think Utah okay. might uh, be ahead yes, of that. Yes, yes. I, yeah. I already have them in my head as like they've as though they've already <laughs> made this move because I, I was instantly going sure. to does Philly move Doc Rivers? That's what I I've I've sure. almost gotten to the point where I'm just accepting that that the Jazz are going to make that move, but yeah. And I don't mean to laugh because sure. it sucks when people get fired, but I just that was more just uh, I think yeah might have right 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 yeah that, that I was saying that there wasn't anybody else on the horizon when I. Yeah. It's like I'm just yeah. assuming that's the way this is going with the Jazz at this point. <laughs> sure. Um, no, we're there. All right, let's 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 move on. Let's talk a little bit about, well, Damian Lillard. Th- this came out. Damian Lillard is pushing for a two-way wing with size. <laughs> and then, Keith, you and I were laughing about this before we came on. Because, <laughs> the list. Because the list, the list was, what was it? It was Jeremy Grant, Ben Simmons, yep. Jalen Brown. There was another, who was the other one? And Aaron okay. Gordon. And Aaron Gordon. I'm like, one of those guys is available. So Damian Lillard wants Jeremy Grant. That's, and, and we've already yeah. heard the, the Blazers connected with Jeremy Grant. They were connected to Jeremy Grant at the trade deadline. They've been rumored to be a, a team to watch, to, to land him this summer. They got stuff at the trade deadline that maybe they can flip and try to get Jeremy Grant from the Pistons. It then just, I don't know why you even list the other names because they're not available. Jeremy Grant is clearly yeah. the Blazers are going to go after Jeremy Grant this summer. Do they land him? We'll see, but that's it's going to be a thing. Yeah, I mean, why not throw LeBron, LeBron. on the list yeah. and you know, uh, Jason I, Tatum? I don't, we don't have let's enough throw time. In, you know, anybody there. else? Jimmy Butler, yeah. they're interested yeah. in like yeah, Jason Tatum. Yep. You know, yeah, any two way wing with size, yep. like yeah. Um, it's the right path to if your intention is we're gonna flip this quickly and we're gonna try to get back to being a playoff team right away. That's the right path. You need to put defense around Damian Lillard. And ideally defense was size because Lillard's already got, he's not tiny by any means, but he's a smaller guard who has one of your starting spots locked in. Um, it is interesting. Uh, Jake Fisher bleacher report noted Blazers, you know, not getting that pick from the Pelicans because the Pelicans jumped into the playoffs. And now that pick goes to the Hornets that took a hit because that's just one last thing they can offer and trade because the Pistons, it was well reported uh, the Bulls made a run at Jeremy Grant and they wanted the Pistons wanted two first round picks or a first rounder and Patrick Williams. And that's because the Bulls owe obligations to the Magic and the Trailblazers. Um, or I'm sorry, maybe it's just the Matt. I can't remember which way that one went, but maybe it's just the Magic. But anyway, the Bulls had obligations out um, down the line. It's hard for them to give up two first rounders and one of their best mm-hmm. young players. So it becomes a little, little, little tricky there. But yeah, I mean, I. If I was going to bet on Jeremy Grant going anywhere, I would still bet the field because that's just how this yeah. works in the NBA. But then if I was picking a specific team, I would pick Portland. I just think there's, there's too much there that, much that's, that's been connected. Yeah, agreed. Yep. And look, every team in the NBA wants three and D wing defenders with size that are super switchy. All yep. that, every team wants Jeremy Grant's skill set. Um, so he's going to be in high demand. A lot of teams are going to check in on it. I mean, what, if when oh, we absolutely. kept track... I want to say it was like 
we were well into double digits in terms of teams that were linked to, oh, to yeah. Jeremy Grant in terms of, of the trade right ahead of the yeah, trade deadline at the trade yeah. deadline. Yep. So it was, it's yep. going to be a lot again, that'll be interested in him. But again, the, I think the Blazers have been the yep. team we most consistently heard as this team really wants to go land him. So we'll see what, what ultimately happens there. If they can get the deal done. I do wonder, you know, you are getting back into with Anthony Simons, you're getting back into the situation with CJ McCollum, where you've got two, sort of I don't want to say undersized but you don't have a big two guard essentially when you're running Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard in two offense first right guys. two offense first guys not a lot of size there so it becomes that much more, more important that at, if you're going to run him whether you run him at the three or the four that you need somebody with size with versatility on the defensive end of the floor yeah. I do wonder with the word out there that Jeremy Grant doesn't want to take a backseat offensively can you sell him as you're the second option and Anthony Simons is the third option and is that is that the truth if if they wind up together? I don't I don't know. Anthony Simons was really, really good for the Blazers this season, particularly when Lillard went out. I don't know if Jeremy Grant would just by default be the second option. Yeah, I don't either. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. And that also becomes a whole thing of he also wants yep. paid. And he wants paid like he's a, you know, number one or one a uh, kind of guy. So, yeah, that that I like Jeremy Grant a lot if he's my maybe my third, if my first two are really good, ideally my fourth best player. I just he hasn't scaled well with the the counting numbers look great, but his efficiency is really tanked. Um, it doesn't look really good. But, yeah, I mean, if you're kind of if he's your third guy and it's Lillard and Simons and you got enough depth, yeah, maybe that, that works. You get him involved enough that he feels like he's doing some stuff. Cause he's also, he's too good to be relegated to just, Hey, yes. go stand in the corner and you know, ball will come your way every you know fifth play or something. But yeah, I it's, that, that part's a little tricky. It reminds me a little bit of Trevor Ariza when he left the in 09, when he went to the Rockets. I think it was 09 mm -hmm. when he went to the, the Rockets and he suddenly had this bigger role of kind of being the guy for them. And he put up some numbers, but you could tell it was probably a little bit too much. But then again, he's too good to be kind of yeah. your fourth guy or, or whatever on your roster. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, let's move mm -hmm. on. Let's go Clippers and Heat. both, And this is something we've heard consistently as well are interested in John Wall if he gets bought out. And mm -hmm. that's I think that's a pretty big if, if John Wall does get bought out yep. again, $47 million for next season. Uh, but More likely now than it was sure, last more year. More likely now than it was before. Uh, but Clippers, and he, the, the, both those landing spots make perfect sense to me in terms of why they would be interested, why they would go after him. But mm -hmm. again, if you're the Houston Rockets, option one is going to be, can we find a trade for John Wall? And then if you can't, then you start to go down the buyout path. So we're going to see if John Wall is a Houston Rocket past, what, the 23rd of June, then a buyout suddenly becomes a lot more possible. But um, mm -hmm. I think the Clippers and Heat won't be the only teams interested if John Wall is suddenly a free agent. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there's definitely somebody will take a shot, especially if he's willing to come in for five, six, seven million dollars, yep. you know, something that's, you know, 
maybe in range or just above the taxpayer mid-level amount, then I think that becomes a very wide open market for a guy like him. And, and, you know, the Heat have done well with guys like that. They looks like, you know, we'll see with Victor Oladipo if, you know, where that goes with, with them. But they've they've obviously done a good job again, guys, going in the Clippers. I, I think it was Marcus Morris said after uh, the, their post – uh, play their playing loss of you know hey we need a backup point guard he behind did. you know Reggie Jackson and that and that might have been hinting a little bit right because their their options going into next season are you know it's really Jason Preston who missed his entire rookie year uh, with with an injury so you know and then I mean they've got clearly other ball handlers like Norman Powell and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and guys like that um, but it's you do need somebody else who's maybe a pure point guard. I mean, if you're the Clippers, you're 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 looking to load up the you know last few roster spots to make this title run next year with you know with a bunch of healthy guys. So yeah, I, I do think that's uh you know that one would make some sense yeah. for sure. Yep, agreed. Uh, so we'll see if John Wall does indeed get bought yep. out. I think there'll be plenty of suitors for his his. Service. I think he's going. You to. think so? I. Yeah, I, th- I think now we're. But Keith, the Rockets he's not going to want to miss a whole that there's interest trip. in a trade for him. <laughs> yeah, I also have I have a bridge I'd like to sell you in Brooklyn, <laughs> in a tower in Paris, France. If you're interested, just let me know. Hit me up in the comments. <laughs> come on, come on, front runners, hit up Keith, and we'll uh, we'll we'll work a deal here. Yeah. Uh, let's finish with this. The NBA has prospective expansion investors already all lined. Oh, it's up. coming. It's going to happen. And now we're starting to hear with more. Yeah. I don't want to say certainty because it's not done until it's done. But it's feeling more and sure. more like Las Vegas and Seattle are the clear front runners here. They're the ones that that that's yeah. what it's most likely going to wind up being for NBA expansion. It's a matter of uh, when. It happens, not so much if it happens. That's that's the, my sense of it anyway. Uh, and broadcast rights deals uh, are coming up. They're going to be a new agreement with the NBA um, the next few years here. And this shocked me. Projections are that NBA franchises could double in value when that happens. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. We've already seen franchise yeah. values go through the roof. So if you're the NBA... And you've got that coming, and you've got a, got two new teams coming on board. You can ask for a pretty hefty price tag for an expansion team. So the amount of money that can be uh, injected into the NBA, uh, you know, into the owners' pockets, can definitely help make yep. up for some of the losses during COVID. Uh, if they do go ahead with this expansion plan, which is part of why this makes so much sense for them to do. But my goodness, if franchise valuations double, I mean, this maybe that's where the Golden State Warriors are like, eh. We, we got to pay 300 million yeah. or whatever. Okay. Okay. That's we're exactly good. what I was we're hinting good. at earlier. Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. That's exactly where it's going. I mean, the Warriors are saying could be worth $10 billion after this comes in. And, and so here's what the reality is, right? The NBA with clearly they're getting the data from their TV partners and their TV partners were not countering any of the things that were shared, basically pushed, Hey, we just had amazing ratings. And these are not just amazing ratings related to the bubble season and all that stuff when games were being played at you know one thirty in the afternoon on a yeah. Tuesday. It, these are like we're going back you know half a decade or more now. And I think what is true from everything I've read is the NBA knows they're going to get paid massive amounts of money for their TV rights deal 
because the one thing that continues to hold value television wise is live sports. Everybody wants live sports rights one way or another, whether it's the traditional ESPN, TNT, ABC model, or whether it's Amazon gets involved, uh, you know, Apple gets involved. We've seen that with Major League Baseball. They're doing some stuff. And with the NFL, clearly, they're going to get a lot, a lot of money here. The the, the NBA is. They're going to get make a ton of money off the TV contracts. And then beyond that, you're going to end up with um, if you get two more teams in. That's money flowing in two more markets, two more local television contracts. I mean, in the NBA of all the sports has embraced the idea of social media and streaming yep. the best uh, of all of them. Now, the lead pass product needs some work, it's, but I think they'll, it's gotten that'll a be, bit better. It's gotten it's better. Still not, M- MLB think, to me has been the gold. Standard. Oh, easily. Yeah. Not yeah. even close. I've never had a single issue with the MLB. Uh, you know, streaming, which is a, which is amazing think, because they've got 160 some odd games a year. Like, yeah, that's that's a yeah. lot of baseball crazy, to, right? to be able to watch on that product. And and so that's uh, that, yeah, that's a feather. That's one right. thing that MLB is doing very well. <laughs> My guess is the NBA will make some whoever it is pays into this. Hey, help us improve yeah. league pass. Whoever it is, you know, hey Amazon, if you want to air a game a week, like we need some help with you know, oh and you happen to be great at that. Perfect. You know, help fix league pass. Um, but expansions coming. The league is healthy. Everything is in really good shape um, for the league. It's, it's just a mat- matter of time. Um, Henry Abbott of true who wrote the most recent long expansion piece, did a lot of really good reporting and research into it, talking to folks in Seattle, folks in Las Vegas, uh, really, you know, none of them are openly saying, yeah, we've been told we have a team, but these people aren't stupid. They're not building arenas and making all these plans for no right. reason. They they clearly feel pretty good about this. Again, not in the next – I, I believe within two to three years we will be told we're getting expansion and somewhere within the three to five-year window we will have two new expansion teams um, with, with that. And I also appreciated Henry put in there talking to folks around the NBA – there's enough buy-in now that, yeah, we're deep enough in talent mm-hmm. that we can pull this off. And one of the things they called out, almost half the league now is, is or they're really getting approaching 50% of the league being international yep. players. So they've now it's your, your talent pool. I mean, look even look back the when MVP the, the Bobcats or... came in. I mean, yeah, exactly. Top, yep. what, four? Yeah. I mean, the All-NBA team's going to yep. be half, you know, uh, uh, non-U.S. born players. Um, but when the Bobcats came in, but even before them, when the Raptors and Grizzlies – we were still a very U.S. centric league and hadn't dipped into the market, you know, internationally for uh, players. And now that's where it's headed. So I, I think this is all, you know, great stuff and leading towards where we're getting two new teams. And it also it sounds like Seattle and Las Vegas are going to have to either blow this or decide they don't want to do it. If it's not those two markets, because you continually hear those two mentioned and then you'll get a, you know, an occasional third or fourth city thrown in there once in a while. But that one rotates. It's the Seattle and Vegas are always at the top. Yeah, of the and list. Seattle would have to do something incredibly stupid. Like, I don't know, not hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch and instead throw it on the goal line or, or something, <laughs> something like that. Hey, that worked out well for me too. So I'm not going to, I'm sorry, Seattle. That was just the first thing that popped in my head. I hope you get a team again. Oh, I hope man. the Sonics do come, do yes. come back. Um, yes. But let me ask you this. So in terms of, I know we only have a few minutes here, but in terms of uh, BRI basketball related income, 
I mean, a new TV deal would mean a big spike potentially to oh, yeah. the salary cap. I mean, it could be a massive one. I would have to imagine after the way things went down that the NBPA would be more interested in, in cap smoothing with the sort of chaos that we saw the last time this this came up years ago when we wound up with Lou Aldang and Timothy Mozgov getting crazy, <laughs> crazy deals. So Trevor brought it yeah, up, was, not oh. me. It was in the holster, though. I was Ooh, ready. It was, it was, <laughs> I had it, ready it, to was it was tough. I had to, you know, kind of keep it down there. It was <laughs> threw up in my mouth a little bit. But um, but just projecting forward, we could be in for an interesting CBA negotiation with this wrapped into it, knowing that yep. the, this deal is coming. And what does it mean for the salary cap? And I mean, this this could make an ultimate ultimately make a major impact on some big moves around the NBA and how they proceed from here is going to be really important sure. as far as the, the team building goes, because a new TV deal yeah. will, will be a factor in, you know, NBA roster construction moving forward based on what it does to the salary cap. Yeah. It might be one of those where, Hey, we're really expensive for a year or two, but then after that, everything's going up and we're in a good place. Uh, guys go back, listen, a couple episodes ago, we had Eric Pincus on, we talked, we dipped into some of this stuff about where things are going with, with the CBA. Big part of the CBA negotiations are going to be, all right, let's firm everything up. So whatever the TV money comes in, we know how that's going to split. And a guarantee expansion is going to be a topic of discussion through that of that. Because one thing with expansion, players get none of that money. So the, the reported nine, $10 billion that two teams could fetch to join the league. If it gets that high, it'll probably be minimum, you know, 8 billion for, for the two, for, you know, coming in. None of that goes to the players. That only goes to, to the current owners of the team. So it gets split up because that's not part of it. Now, if the NBPA is like, Hey, hold on. Now the NBA, I think comes back with, Hey, wait a minute. We're creating 34 new playing jobs for you. Like that. They So but it'll be a discussion point, right? It's going to be a major, major thing there. It's going to be, yeah, I mean, this is for for people like me, and, and I'm so happy because I've been, you know, not even kicking and screaming. I've just pulled you along and you're into it now. This is awesome because this is really cool, fun stuff that we're seeing. And it only happens if the league is healthy and successful. And a big part of that comes out of the NBA and the NBPA have a good relationship, even with Michelle Roberts leaving and uh, Tamika Tremaglio coming. They're they're doing great because they all they very much recognize the old you know business um, axiom of a half a watermelon is better than a whole grape. Yep. You you got to be you're smart about this. There's no reason to you know mess this up. Just keep keep this train moving forward. We're all gonna get paid and let's keep going. So that is, you know, absolutely massive um, for, for this. And that's, you know, that that's great news for basketball fans because going to get more and, you know, probably with no stoppage either. On the court, we say winning cures all in terms of relationships and all that within a locker room. Off the court, making money cures all. Oh, that's yeah. That's what the NBA sure is does. 100% doing. Yeah. Hey, one last thing because I kind of skipped over it. Cap smoothing, I predict, will 100% be a thing. Um, the MBPA fought against it rightly so kind of last time because they think they thought the NBA was trying to pull a shady one on them and pull some some sly business there but I think they realize now nobody wants a repeat of well this one summer everybody the got Warriors all the money Kevin Durant. and everybody yeah. snapped out yeah yeah and you ended up with Warriors getting Kevin Durant and stuff so I do think you'll see them you know they'll figure out a better plan 
uh, going forward. I, I trust in that. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up there. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Ring that notification bell as well. And don't forget, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Have a great weekend, everybody. Till next time, stay safe and see ya.